this is it. I think we're going. Zach, how you feeling? Is this thing on? I think so. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, welcome to Faith and Focus, where faith comes alive. I'm Steven. And I'm Zach. Seminarians for the Diocese of Gary here at St. Thomas More this summer. Just kind of uh, seeing what we can do during this, uh, you know, interesting time to kind of bring the gospel to everyone. So, right. how are you feeling today, Zach? I'm feeling pretty good. You know, this is my first time doing a show like this, so I'm really excited. I hope our audience is also equally excited. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Okay. Well, it's good to have you here, Zach. It's very good to have you here. Yeah. Do you have a fun fact? Did you, I told you to look up a fun fact for us. Fun you? fact. Do you have a fun fact for well, us? Well, this, this is a foreshadowing of what we're going to be getting to. Oh, okay. That's um, even better. I like but that. But I, I thought this was a really fun fact when I found it out. The name Elizabeth actually means God is my oath. And I just find that fascinating. I never knew that. Is there any reason why you find it fascinating? Or? Well, both with Elizabeth and Zachariah, who we'll probably talk a little bit about this evening, their names really, uh, I think they're important to their actions in the New Testament. Um, and... Yeah, just I think that's cool how the name kind of tells something about the person. I like that. That's yeah. really cool. It's funny how that happens sometimes. It's really cool. Just little, you know, little things in the Bible that we can see, you know, just like that that kind of just hones in on, you know, exactly what, you know, God's trying to tell us through. That's great. Excellent. Yeah. Well, do you have a fun fact? Do I have a fun fact? No, not maybe next week. Maybe okay. we'll trade it off, but All right. so we're thinking about doing this uh whole series of faith and focused on uh, the, just the idea of trust. Um because I know during this time, it's really tough for us to uh, kind of understand even what trust in the Lord looks like during this interesting time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so we're going to just take this time, you know, seven o'clock on Wednesdays, to just kind of explore, you know, what trust is and what it looks like, you know, in Munster, Indiana, twenty twenty, you know, during every, you know, everything that's been going on. Because mm-hmm. um, we're kind of in it for the long haul, it kind of looks like so. Um, and during this time, you know, I think there's a lot of potential for, you know, desolation, a lot of, you know, opportunity for people to kind of just, you know, look at everything that's going around us and just kind of have a very negative attitude of what's going along. Um, so I think, I think just the, the message of trust and hope in the Lord is just so needed right now. Mm-hmm. So No, it definitely is. There's a lot of strange things going on. It's kind of a different time, uh, a transient time for a lot of us, for students. You know, many of us were sent home from our schools, taking online classes. Um, It's absolutely an unprecedented time um, with everything that's going on. And trusting in the Lord, like like Stephen said, uh, is as important now as it ever has been, maybe Mm -hmm. more important in our lives. No, I think so. I think that's a great point. Um, So basically, I think for this first episode, what would be great is just kind of an explore, like a little introductory episode, kind of looking at, you know, what, what is trust, you know? what does it mean to trust in the Lord? Um, and I think for, for every episode, we're thinking about um, having a little Bible verse um, to kind of guide our conversation, to guide our, uh, our thoughts and our, you know, what we're thinking about on this topic and just share it with all of you. And um, uh, so this is kind of, uh, we're going to try since we're doing this on Facebook Live and you have the ability to comment. Um, we would love for you, uh, everybody who's watching at home, it's good to have you here. Um, we think it would be wonderful if you could just comment, you know, things that are on your heart, you know, while we talk, if something comes up. Or you can comment any questions that you have, too, that Zach and I will probably take the last couple of minutes uh, during this 
a live show to see if we can answer to the best of our abilities. Mm-hmm. You know, being only two years into seminary, we're going to try our very best. But, um, but yeah, no, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and, uh, you know, any comments at all about, you know, what you like about the show, what you don't. Um, that'd be great. I think we're, we're, our ears are open. We'd love to hear you. So I think we should just jump right into it with our uh, Bible, uh, Bible verse for, mm-hmm. for today. So what do we got, Zach? So today we're going to be looking at the Bible passage of the Annunciation. This is found in the Gospel of Luke. So if you have your Bible with you, uh, you can you know, turn to Luke chapter 1. Also in the, com- in the uh, description for uh, the video that you're watching right now is a URL, a link to the, the website um, that will take you to the Bible as well. So you can do it that way. And the verses for it will be uh, verse 26 through 38. So I think we should begin with the prayer though, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to begin with the prayer and this is adapted from the words of St. Mother Teresa. So let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, I love you trustfully without looking back, without fear. Jesus, I give myself fully to you and I believe you will use me to do great things because I believe more in your love than in my weakness. Jesus, I trust in you with blind and absolute confidence, because you are Jesus. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. And he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate that, mm-hmm. Zach. No, that's good. This is a very beautiful passage at the very beginning of the Gospel of Luke. Um, the Gospel of Luke is full of a lot of Marian stories, so this is one of the first. It, it is the first. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of that entry point into salvation history right there. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of struck me while you read that um, was the word ponder. Mm-hmm. I think that was that kind of stuck out a lot. You know, here's Mary. You know, here's this little, you know, Jewish girl, and she's you know she's very young at this point. Um, 
and she's greeted by this angel, which in the Old Testament just kind of meant that death was on the door, right? You know, you don't see angels for, you know, petty reasons, you know. You know, they're not kind of like these little children in like, you know, little, little uh, you know, white cloths kind of playing the violin in the sky. You know, these are kind of, you know, very scary, you know, things to encounter. Um, so for Mary to, uh, it says, you know, the first, the first thing that the angel says is do not be afraid. Um, but Mary, instead of, you know, not believing that the situation is happening at all, is just pondering, you know, what is happening. Um, I've kinda, I kind of see a lot of connection to today as well. You know, we're kind of met by this, you know, crazy circumstance, these crazy conditions. And, you know, how do we react to that? I think it's going to be, probably be a theme for this whole time, you know, looking at, you know, what we see in front of us and how we react to that is so important when it comes to kind of diagnosing how we're trusting in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing Mary, you know, in the face of this great and crazy situation, uh, you know, pondering, you know, what sort of greeting this might be, I mm-hmm. think is, is it's a very if I can thing. add something to that. Yeah. When I've, what struck me about this passage of, of Mary, and especially Mary pondering, um, and just to give you a little bit of context of where we're reading from. So this is the first chapter of Luke, and he's kind of giving an infancy narrative of Jesus. And what precedes this particular passage we read was the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist to Zechariah and Elizabeth. And then following this annunciation story, as all of you probably know, is Mary's uh, visit to Elizabeth, often called the visitation. And then after that, we have what's called the Magnificat, which is kind of a, uh, a hymn or a canticle that Mary um, says, a hymn of praise to God for him remembering his favors. And then, interestingly, uh, that is followed by the birth of John the Baptist and then what's called the Canticle of Zechariah or the Benedictus. And that is kind of Zechariah's version of the Magnificat. It's another hymn of praise to God for him remembering his promises. And so what strikes me about this pondering is that there's kind of the, the story of the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist to Zechariah and the announcement of the birth of Jesus to Mary have some kind of parallelisms, but there are some important differences between the two. Mm-hmm. And so for Zechariah, he received the message from also the angel Gabriel. Um, and if you, if you look, both Zechariah and Mary were both troubled at this message. Um, they yeah. weren't sure exactly where it was coming from. Um, it was you know, kind of out of the blue in some ways. Um, but their responses were kind of a 180 from each other. It says that Zechariah was then filled with fear, whereas Mary, on the other hand, it says that she pondered. And so I think that's something important for us to keep in mind um, as we think of pondering and being prayerful and kind of meditating on different things that were kind of weighing in our lives. What does God mean by this or this? Mm -hmm. It's important to be filled with that pondering spirit rather than being filled with fear. Mm -hmm. And that's a really easy thing for us to do as we're kind of filled with trouble. We don't know what's going on. Our natural sense is kind of a turn to fear. Yeah. But just a reminder for us to kind of always try to be pondering, not not to judge the moment immediately, but rather kind of reflect on it for a little bit. Yeah, I think that's absolutely beautiful. Thank you for that. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, so I was thinking kind of to segue from, from that into kind of, you know, 
I kind I kind of like how you were talking about the practical applications of what trust is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of what Zachariah was thinking of in in terms of his encounter with the angel Gabriel versus Mary. Um, so I was thinking to myself, you know, what is the definition of trust? You know, so I did what you should do, I guess, and go to the dictionary. So I looked it up in the Merriam-Webster dictionary on the internet, not an actual book, I'm sorry. And I got this really interesting definition, which I, I, I really like, and I kind of want to go through it with you, Zach, if you don't mind. Yeah, please, uh, Kind of with, under the, um, uh, the context of this enunciation narrative. Um, so this is what I got, the, de- the definition of trust. Trust is firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Also, to put one's confidence in. Mm. Um, so, kind of thinking of, you know, what does it mean to trust in God um, might kind of at first seem kind of like way over our heads, right? right? You know, what does it look like to trust in, you know, someone might say, you know, what does it look like to trust in, you know, someone or something that I can't see? I think kind of a good parallel to think of, kind of in the back of my mind at least, and, and in the back of everyone's mind, should be, kind of the example of what it looks like for a child to trust in uh, his or her parent. Mm. Um, and then kind of going through that definition, you can kind of see it. You know, trust is that firm belief in reliability, right? A child, you know, doesn't have to think, you know, whether or not his or her parent is going to feed him, you mm. know, or you know, his or her parent is going to, you know, give him that unconditional love. Right. Uh, truth and ability or strength, you know, the child knows full well that, their parent uh, is kind of they're they're seeing the eye the world through the their parents' eyes. So, one thing one example that I thought of is, is it's you know how it's so easy to kind of like trick children you know as right. as a parent you know yeah. uh, into like believing things that are crazy. So like for one example is like you know you could tell you know a parent telling their child looking up in the sky you you know look at that moon isn't it it's made of cheese and you know that child could you know the child doesn't think twice about it because. You know that they have that just beautiful childlike trust in that parent, mm-hmm. um, which we see several times in the gospel. Jesus saying, "You know, be like children." And, yeah, and exactly. That That's what a beautiful tie into the gospel. Yeah, be like children, um, and I think it's beautiful too. Like thinking the, uh, you know, thinking to put one's confidence in too. Mm-hmm. So there's an act of it's. I we we want to do this so much. We just kind of want to control our lives and just kind of hang on to it and just suck everything out of it under our own power. But uh, when we're trusting the Lord, we're sacrificing our confidence to him, right? There's an act of surrender that's in there, um, which I think is just a beautiful thing to ponder. Um, and I think we'll go into that a little bit more deeply in some future episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts about how that relates to, you know, God? How does that, how does that definition of trust as that firm belief in the reliability, the truth, Maybe especially the ability or the strength of someone or something. How does mm-hmm. how does that how does that look like? Right. You know, when we talk about God. One one thing I would want to mention is that we're talking about trusting in a person. You know, we often don't trust in kind of abstract objects like trusting in a, a bookshelf or you know trusting in something else. We're trusting in persons usually. You trust your parents. You trust your friends. Your family. Those that are close to you, etc. Yeah, that's like a de- that's a deeper trust, right? right? It's a little bit, yeah. It's like like you said, it's a little bit more, you know. Uh, it's a little bit more sacrificing. It's a little bit more worthwhile to trust in a person mm-hmm. than to like you know, this bookshelf behind us. Which is very interesting when it comes to Christianity, because you know Christianity is the only religion 
um, that professes that God became man. Mm-hmm. There's you know no other religion that has that feature to it. We strongly believe in the incarnation that Jesus was fully God and fully man. Mm-hmm. And so when we trust in God, we're actually trusting in a person. And as Catholics, we're you know somewhat familiar with the dogma of the Trinity that there are three persons in one God. And so we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three persons. And so we're putting our trust in a personal God, not in an abstract God. Um, but someone just like your best friend that you could have a personal conversation with um, to tell them the hard struggles you're going through. That's the kind of God that we have who loves us and empathizes with us and is never going to leave us. Mm-hmm. No, and, I think that's I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I totally connect with that. Uh, that's certainly something that I personally have struggled with too. Is thinking of God, you know, less as this abstract concept that's kind of just floating in the sky, and the more of the personal relationship, mm-hmm. you know, that He's calling each one of us to to have. Because let's face it, like it's so hard um, for us to kind of visualize this personal relationship you know, with somebody who maybe we can't, you know, see, but we have to see with the eyes of faith is, is mm-hmm. that's so important. Um, so yeah, trusting in God, it's, that's really key too. We're not trusting. It's not when we're saying that trusting, we're trusting in God. We're not trusting in a thing like an abstract idea or like a bookshelf. Like you said, mm-hmm. we're trusting in a person, right? Like you said, with the incarnation, uh, God became man so that we could have that relationship with him. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely beautiful. And we, we, we're looking at the right Bible verse for that, too. Exactly. You know, the, 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 the Annunciation is that moment, you know, as soon as Mary says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. It may be done unto me according to, my, according to thy word. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, when, that's when the incarnation happens. That's when, that's when you know, God uh, you know, takes on flesh. Right. And he yeah. becomes just like us, which mm-hmm. is it's absolutely a good coincidence profound. that we're... Yeah, it's a very good chose, coincidence. Chose this Bible I wonder. Verse. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder why we chose it. No. So the other thing, what really struck me when praying over this scripture passage, um, is Mary. It seems knew who God was. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a young, a young girl, a young woman at this time, but obviously she was raised a um, a devout, a righteous person that followed, you know, the commandments of God, and so she, I would believe, has a very good understanding of who God is. And so when we talk about why are we, tr- we trusting in, in God, um, I think first we can see, you know, through the example of Mary, in order to trust God, we have to know God. And mm-hmm. if we were, if you were listening to the, um, the, the daily mass readings uh, from just, I think, two weeks ago before we entered into ordinary time, that week of Pentecost, we were reading from the 17th chapter of John's Gospel. And what I often noticed is Jesus saying to his disciples, you know me. He uses that mm-hmm. term, know. Yeah. And, but then he talks about the world, and he says, the world does not know me. He uses that term, they do not know me, and that's why they don't accept me. And so that word know, it really has been sticking out to me recently. And so, again, with Mary, I think she knew God. And for me, when, when I think about why would you trust in someone, uh, why would you trust in God, I think you have to know God and you have to know his attributes. Mm. And so when we mm-hmm. think about God's attributes, we, 
we can say he's he's loving namely that he wills our good and also that he is all-powerful he's omnipotent and we're all familiar with those terms we probably hear them a lot in reference to God um, and so how do we know that God is loving well there's almost innumerable examples of this in the scriptures but I think the one that is the chief example above all others is that Christ gave his life on the cross for us you know Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe because we human beings owed a debt that we could not pay mm -hmm. and that sacrificial love of Jesus on the cross was the ultimate sign of God's love for man that re his redemptive uh, act of his suffering his crucifixion and then his resurrection and ascension to the right hand of the Father. So I think that's how we know that God loves us. And not only does he love us, but he loves us unconditionally. Stephen mentioned that parents love their children unconditionally. And, you know, we often, we call the first person of God, God the Father. You know, we have that filial relationship. Jesus, when he teaches us how to pray, he talks about the Our Father. And so, God loves us unconditionally. He loves us as much on the worst day of our lives as he does on the best day of our lives. And I think mm -hmm. that's really yeah. powerful for us to remember. Yeah. Um, and so whether what's holding back uh, receiving God's love is, is us. Yeah. Sometimes we put up obstacles to receiving God's love. Mm -hmm. But if we're willing, we are able to receive God's unconditional, infinite love for us at all times. I think that's beautiful. What's coming to my mind is something that uh, we kind of talked about in seminary in a mm -hmm. class together. We had a priest, his name is uh, Father Spees, Father Dennis Spees. Yes. He is a priest of the good diocese of Joliet, and he is he's a, he's a farmer and a football coach through and through. Just a really exciting priest to be around. Great. And I remember he was, ta he, was, he was saying an analogy about, you know, God's love, kind of what you're talking about. Um, you know, we know it's unconditional. Um, so he kind of made he made the analogy of God's love is kind of like this fire hose that just wants to just give us as much of that life-giving water as possible but the thing that's stopping it is us who is we're we're the ones who are constricting you know and that's that's kind of getting back into that topic of surrender right you know God wants to give us this uh this unconditional love uh at every day like you said I love when you said it you know he wants to give us as much love on you know our worst day as in our best day you know, there is no condition to it. That's what unconditional means. I think it's really important to remember that. Um, what I'm thinking of right now is, and maybe you can answer this, or maybe we can kind of discuss this, is, okay, so we know that we're the ones. It's not, we know that God is reliable. We know that God is strong enough. We know that he's omnipotent. He can do anything that he, you know, anything that he desires. And he's all loving. You know, he, he, he loves us unconditionally. Um, and he loves us so much that he wants us to choose him. You know, it's not like he's he, he's trying to enslave us that he's trying right. to, to he force us. He respects our freedom. He respects our freedom. That's exactly right. But what are some things that get that that or some things that you can think of that get in our way in terms of receiving that love? In terms, mm -hmm. what are what are those barriers to trust? Yeah, um, I think one of the big ones is we often don't love ourselves. And so if we don't love ourselves, we don't think that we're deserving of love. Um, and so often our, conscious, our conscience convicts us. It tells us, you know, I did something wrong. I, I shouldn't be loved. Um, 
but you know we have these sacraments of reconciliation um, to receive God's love, and you know that's that's a whole other topic for another day. Yeah. But I think often if we don't know how to love ourselves, um, it's difficult for us to accept love from others. You know, Jesus tells us um, to the golden rule. You know, to love um, love others, love your neighbors as yourself. And so if you can't love yourself. Um, how can you love others? And also, if, if you can't love yourself, how can you accept um, love from God? And I think another another uh, example of what is kind of an obstacle for us to receive God's love is misconceptions of who God is. And I think that mm-hmm. is very common in our world today. Um, our world has really construed the image of God to be something that it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I, I personally, in, in the past two years of seminary formation, I think have grown a lot in my conception of God, and that is I, I have seen the effect, the positive effects of that in my own spiritual life. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's really that's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's stopping us is you know, our inability to kind of see that love within ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's really powerful. I was kind of pondering this as well. Like, what you know, what things were in the way for us to you know, to prevent us from trusting in God, prevent us from opening up that fire hose, as it were, and receiving uh, that unconditional love. And um, I was thinking and kind of even examining my own life, too, and, and seeing that there's just so many things in the world that we want to get attached to because we can see them and they give us kind of this, this immediate sense of gratification. And I think something pondering, especially in these past couple of months, uh, mainly because it's the absence of them as sports, you know. In my own life, I can see, like, you know, there's times where, you know, we want to, you know, we gravitate towards, you know, something like sports. We just kind of, like, want to hold on to it. Like, that's our security blanket, mm-hmm. um, you know, preventing us from, you know, giving up, giving ourselves up fully for God. Um, and I think it's kind of interesting, like, seeing in this in this special cultural moment where, you know, we don't have sports on the television 24-7. We don't have sports at all, pretty much, um, that we're still alive. I know that's that's edifying for, for myself that, you know, even though we don't have this, we're still living and God is still with us. And, you know, we shouldn't put our trust in something that's so um, so worldly and so, you know, quick to kind of just disappear mm-hmm. out of, you know, out of the blue right. as something like that. And um, I just think it just kind of shows... Um, that that there's just so much there's infinite worth in trusting in God, mm-hmm. so much more than trusting in these uh, you know earthly kind right. of things. So if you're gonna put your trust in anything, you want to put it on that which isn't gonna change. You exactly, know? Put exactly. It in the yeah. Eternal rather than the transient. Exactly. That's so true. That's so so true. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. Another element uh, of the, this passage that I think. It, um, and not only this passage, but all of Luke chapter 1, is this continued theme of God is a God who keeps his promises. Mm-hmm. So we have, um, you know, this is the first chapter of a New Testament gospel account, namely that of Luke. And so he's following up from the Old Testament. Uh, being, being the first chapter, it's kind of acting as that bridge from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Um, Zechariah, you know, he is a, a Jewish priest. Um, in the uh, announcement of John the Baptist's birth, it says gives information about his his Jewish heritage, um, and so 
one theme we can see throughout all of the New Testament is that Jesus is that fulfillment of all of the promises and all of the prophecies of the Old Testament. And we even see that in the first chapter of, of um, Luke's Gospel. Mm-hmm. And so one, one example of that um, is later on, we didn't read it in this, but it's from Luke chapter 1, verse 45. During the visitation, Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, and um, Elizabeth, it says, is filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, obviously, in the Nicene Creed, we profess that um, the Holy Spirit uh, has spoken through the prophets. And so, we kind of see a prophetic message here, in a way, from Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit. And she says of Mary, Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And so we get here this, um, we're told that it is a promise from God. These, this word, these words from the angel Gabriel mm-hmm. um, are being fulfilled. Um, Mary believes they're being fulfilled to her. And then if we look a little bit further, um, we have the Magnificat and the Benedictus. And we, all, again, did not read those, but I would just like to look really quickly at an ex- uh, some of the examples from there. So this yeah, is in the in the Benedictus, uh, Zechariah is speaking here, and he says that um, God has shown His mercy to our fathers, and He has been mindful to His holy covenant and the oath He swore to Abraham our father. So right there we have the word covenant mentioned and the word oath mentioned. So this um, covenants, oaths, and promises; those are three kind of synonymous terms that we see uh, in this first chapter of Luke and that both Mary and Zechariah during the uh, Magnificat and the Benedictus are praising God for him remembering his promises. Um, And if I can find the example from from Mary, she says that God has helped his servant Israel remembering his mercy according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mm-hmm. And so again, we see these words of remembering mm-hmm. um, his, his promise to our fathers, to Abraham. Um, and also, you know, it's the angel Gabriel tells Mary that Jesus is going to uh, inherit the throne of David, his father. And so this is another important aspect is that if we know a little bit about the story of David, there's in, uh, in his lifetime, what's called the dynastic um, promise. And so, you know, David tells, um, he says to the Lord, Lord, I want to build a house for the Ark of the Covenant. But the Lord replies to him saying, you, you're not going to build me a house, but I will build a house of you forever. Mm-hmm. And so he's promising David that he is going to make a dynasty um, of of him and his lineage forever, and so we call that the dynastic promise. Mm-hmm. And so when Mary is told by the angel Gabriel that he will inherit the throne uh, of David, his father, that's what it's referring to: is this perpetual, everlasting um, throne of David, and Jesus is the fulfillment of that. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. It's it's so good to go throughout salvation history and just noting just how reliable God has been. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, and th- this goes once again to the unconditional love thing, uh, even though God's people has have abandoned him so much, even from the beginning, from Adam and Eve, you know, he gives them this beautiful garden. He gives them life. He gives them breath. He gives them existence. 
Um, and what what do we do? We fall. You know, we want to we want to seal up that fire hose that's giving us the unconditional love because we're the ones who want to control it. When really, what's best for us is we just let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, just just allow ourselves to be doused <clears throat> with that. You know, um, that life giving water. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so important mm-hmm. just to know that even though we're the ones who are like squeezing it, you know, that we're 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 stopping it ourselves. That God has remained so reliable and so faithful to us throughout salvation history. And we see that especially, like you said, in the first chapter of Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned, you know, Adam and Eve and their forgetting, um, forgetting, you know, God's faithfulness. Yeah. And we're just a heads up, next week we're going to be looking a little bit at that, at Adam and Eve and their fall. But another example of that right here in the first chapter of Luke is Zechariah. And just uh, to elaborate on that, we talked to about how Zechariah kind of mirrors Mary, but has some important differences. And so if we look at the announcement of John the Baptist's birth to Zechariah, um, he ends up becoming mute and unable to speak. The, the, the words of the angel Gabriel to Zechariah are this. He says, You will be speechless and unable to talk until the day these things take place, because you did not believe in my words, which would be fulfilled at their proper time. And so it's just kind of for all the examples of belief and trusting in God that we have in Mary, we also have plenty of examples of, you know, Zechariah, um, the disciples and apostles many times, forgetting um, to trust and remember God's faithfulness. That's so true. That's absolutely true. And I think we see that in ourselves right now during this moment too because that, that fear that's coming out from these people that we hear about in the Bible is uh, they look around at the world and they see it as a place where they have been defeated. You know, kind of like what we're doing today. You know, we're looking out and we're seeing, you know, we're not able to worship together in a mm-hmm. church. You know, we're not able to, um, you know, prayed it we're not able to pray together or be together that you know that foundational human need of of connection um and i think it's really easy i know it's so easy that we are that we grow restless and we have anxieties about you know why god would you allow this if you're all good and it really comes really has the opportunity to bring into question god's reliability i think it's that's so important what you said zach that throughout you know throughout the old testament throughout the new testament God has been faithful to his covenant. Even though there are so many examples of people uh, who have doubted it, you know, you Zechariah, the apostles, like you said, but God still remains faithful. God is not going to turn off that fire hose for us. No. You know, yeah. to bring it back to that. So I think that's, I think that'd be a good place to kind of like, because kind of, this kind of leads into our, our next topic for our next episode is, is what is that, you know, what does it look like, you know, through, through for that lack of trust, kind of, kind of pinpointing that, you know, mm-hmm. what are some examples in the Bible of, you know, lack of trust and, um, you know, how does that look like today? Uh, a little bit more pinpoint, more specific. So mm-hmm. that'll be our next episode. So I'm thinking that we might have a, another seminarian guest too come on in too. I think yeah. we're, we're going to, we're going to try to work out that as, as much as possible. We can get another friend in here. Mm-hmm. So I think we can kind of transition to kind of like shout outs and comments. Oh, and that sure. Kind of stuff. Let's do so that. Do you have any initial ones? I might have a few initial ones. Oh, you go, you go I'll ahead. Go <laughs> I just want to thank uh, the man behind the camera, uh, my brother, Ricky, 
Yeah, I know. He's, yeah. he's kind of putting his head down right, right there. He's really helped us out trying to, you know, getting this live and kind of running all the slides. Uh, so we just really want to thank him. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any right now? Kind of. Let's see. It looks like my mother is watching. Oh, that's Ms. nice. Mrs. Glick. Hi, hi, Mom, if you're still watching. That's wonderful. I want to say, give a shout-out to Father Declan, because he told us that, or I told him that I gave him a shout-out. And I think he watched it for just a little bit and then ran away. But oh. he'll, he's able to watch. And you can, you can watch this still uh, online uh, after, we're done, after we're done with this live show. It'll be posted on Facebook. It's going to be posted on YouTube. Uh, so feel free to, you know, if, you, if there's a part that resonated with you, you can go back and watch it again. Uh, we won't we won't discourage that. Although mm-hmm. we love you know we love having everybody all here uh, at seven o'clock on Wednesday, but that doesn't yeah. mean that this is going to disappear. So no. And if you have some friends or family members who you think might enjoy watching this, please go ahead and share it with them. Absolutely. Uh, just pass it along. Yeah, know? I think so. I think I think we got a, a, a good thing here. Um, Katie Kordick, um mentioned in the comments, kind of when we talked about obstacles, kind of like you know mm-hmm. squeezing that fire fire hose yeah. right there. That uh, fear is definitely an obstacle sometimes. Uh, so yeah, could use this to talk about you know beating fear in daily life. I think that's so true, and mm-hmm. we kind of touched on that too. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, about, just to go more into that, the fear and not fearing. Um, this is something we didn't really talk too much about, but let's see if I can find the exact verse I'm thinking of. So, both, it's interesting that in the announcement of John the Baptist's birth and in the announcement of Jesus' birth um, to Zechariah and to Mary, respectively, both of them are told by Gabriel, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is a huge element to these, um, these stories, the announcement of the birth of two different people. Mm-hmm. Do not be afraid, do not fear. And I think that's one of the most often uh, re- most often said uh, lines in the entire Bible. Um, and so just going back to that fear that um, someone asked about, I think we have a great example of you know God reassuring us not to fear. Because if God is all-loving, he wills our good. And if he's all-powerful, he can bring about that good. If we trust in God um, because of that reason, we have nothing to be afraid of, nothing to fear. Um, I think that's beautiful, yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's so true. That's so, so true. Um, Zach, your mom says hi. Oh, great. On that, apparently. I want to shout out uh, Kathy Delgado, who gave us our first yes, comment. Yes, first comment. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, shout out to Katie Kordick, uh, who gave us that comment. Yeah. We kind of already shout, shouted out. Uh, shout out to uh, Mrs. Kresich, who's watching, too. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Thank Kresich. Thank you, Mrs. Kresich. Hello. Gets to do that. Um, yeah, so um, I think that'll probably that'll probably do it for, for this episode. Yeah. yeah. Any, any no. last thoughts? Any last facts? Ooh, another. So we talked about the name Elizabeth means God is my oath. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, there you go. Little another back. fun fact. Let me just pull out my notes here. While we're looking, on the t- looking for the notes right now, this is fascinating. This is great. While is we're great on the topic right of what people's names mean. Oh, there you go. Nice little bookend. Okay, tell us some, who's, whose name is. So, Zachariah's name uh-huh. means God. No, that's G. Wait. That's, nope, come on. No, I think I have the wrong note. We got the wrong note. This, Ga- is, this is your name, Zach. Okay, you can't mess this up. Gabriel, the angel Gabriel's name okay. means God is my strength. Okay. And Jesus' name yeah. means God saves. Oh, that's very convenient. And another that's interesting funny. thing about 
the thing that I think is interesting that of Jesus being named Jesus is that the name Jesus comes from the Hebrew name Joshua. And in the Old Testament, the person Joshua was the successor to Moses who mm-hmm. led the Israelites yeah. into the promised land. Mm-hmm. And the promised land in, uh, in the Old Testament is in some ways a type or foreshadowing of heaven. Look at and that. so Jesus is the one who is leading us, the church, into our eternal home. That's very heaven. nice. Yeah. There's, so many, there's so many things like that between the Old Testament and the New Testament. They always say, I, I think there's a church father who said uh, the entirety of the New Testament can be found in the Old Testament. So mm. seeing the Old Testament not as kind of this like ancient book that's kind of dead, but you know, they're, they're, it's really alive and it's so full of these you know parallels and these types, like you said, mm-hmm. is the is the word yeah. for it, um, which really just enrich it. And I think mm-hmm. it's absolutely beautiful. So yeah. I just want to thank you again for watching and uh, tune in next week. We'll be here again at seven o'clock. There might be another one of us, another seminarian here, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, so it should be it should be exciting. It's it's good to be here. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did, and uh, we'll hope to see you soon. Yeah, thanks so, for joining us yeah, for thanks, Faith and Focus. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. It's wonderful. <laughs>